All right, here we go. 56 yarder. It's got, no, does not have the leg. And Chris Davis takes it in the back of the end zone. He'll run it out to the 10, 15, 20, 25, 30, 35, 40, 45, 50, 45. There goes Davis. Oh my God. Davis is going to run it all the way back. Auburn's going to win the football game. Jones goes to the end zone. Oh, what a catch. Devontae Smith, touchdown Alabama. Holy cow. You don't even know what to say sometimes. Georgia with a blitz. Trask going to the end zone. Pitts. Touchdown. My goodness. Joe Burrow just, he, he's so calm, so confident. Knows where he wants to go with the ball the majority of the time. 22-year-old transfer from Ohio State. Eluded the rush. Lost it deep for a touchdown. Jamar Chase. Heaves it. They're bunched up in the end zone. It's tipped up. It's caught. It is caught. Jawan Jennings. Jawan Jennings. Hello, guys, and welcome in to the Southern Sports Bowls podcast. I am Austin, aka Austin J underscore fifty nine. And I'm joined by my brother Logan, a.k.a. Loco59 underscore. What's up? Week four of college football. Week three of NFL. We're going to start off as usual with some college football. We're going to do what we normally do and go through the big movers in the AP AP poll. And then talk some of the big games of week four. And then... I have a couple points I want to talk about, and it may give us some talking points. But we'll start off with the AP poll. Number one, Penn State jumps from number 10 to number 6 after defeating number 22, Auburn, 28-20 to 20 in Happy Valley. Auburn drops one spot to number 23 after the loss. That was a really good game. I think Penn State has really showed that they're for real, but Auburn's not totally out of it with that one loss. They showed they were for real, but like towards the end of that game, it really felt like like the refs were handing that game to Auburn. Auburn just couldn't get it done. Penn State obviously did. It's just like there was a fourth down call. Uh, Penn State went for it. They were on fourth down in fourth down territory and. Ref said they were short, and I don't think they were short. Anyways, Auburn just couldn't capitalize on that. Now we'll see how Penn State goes through the rest of the Big Ten schedule. I mean, I have Michigan and Ohio State. It looks like their biggest threats, and you know Auburn always gives Alabama a game, so Auburn still has a good road in front of them. Number two, after a not-so-stellar performance, and a 14-8 win against Georgia Tech, Clemson falls from number 6 to number 9. Clemson did not did not cover the spread against Georgia Tech. I, I don't think or, uh, I don't think Clemson's there. Like everybody thinks like everybody assumes they are and like they have been. Yeah, we'll get into that later. Um, that's one of my talking points. Um I want to get into we may 
we may want to, I mean, with the ACC, they may still be there, but there's going to be some other teams that are well above Clemson and in the top five, top four. But that's sort of what I want to get into later is, is it, this could be the downhill fall for Clemson. Number three, Ole Miss beats Tulane, the same team that number four Oklahoma struggled with by 40 points, final score of 61 to 21, and moves from number 17 to number 13. Ole Miss is for real. Yeah, and they're not getting respected like they are for real. And I'll go ahead and call it. They're off this week. But Lane Kiffin and Ole Miss will go to Tuscaloosa and beat Bama next week. I'll just go ahead and call that shot. Because that's their Super Bowl. And, I mean, I mean, it's a hot take, but I'll ride it. He'd be the first uh, Saban descendant to beat him, wouldn't he? Yeah. Be a good game. And it's in Tuscaloosa, but... If the same Alabama team that showed up against Florida shows up against Ole Miss, and Ole Miss shows up like they've been showing up, I'd put money on that. I mean, they have Southern Miss this week, so Alabama's basically getting a bye week too. But they still have to play. And I don't know, I mean, it's just something to think about. I'll put that. I'll go ahead and put that hot take out there. I think they will, but we'll see. Number four, number twenty-three BYU beats number nineteen Arizona State, twenty-seven to seventeen, and moves up to number fifteen. Arizona Arizona State falls out of the rankings. I said BYU is legit, so that's, that's all I want to say about that. I just I think they're in this spot because they're three and zero. I mean, not I mean legit and good or no, nah, like more in legit as in they deserve to be ranked three weeks ago and they weren't. Then they beat Utah State and now they beat Arizona State and they just they beat back to back ranked opponents and I feel like they deserve more respect. Like old not like Ole Miss, but you know. Ole Miss needs more respect. There's a lot of teams in the top 25 that need more respect. And, I don't know. BYU's proven themselves, though. Number five. It's another team that I'm really excited to watch the rest of the year. Arkansas smashes Georgia Southern 45-10, to improves to 3-0, and and jumps from 20 to 16. They gave uh, – didn't give them a game. I mean, they pretty much dominated Texas. Mm-hmm. And come off of that and play Georgia Southern and showed that they weren't going to take advantage, be a taken advantage of by a cupcake team and just skate through that game. They took care of business and went on to the next week. That's what I like about these SEC schools that haven't been in the top 25 is like Arkansas and Ole Miss, they're playing like they're playing in SEC school. In every game. 
They're not taking it for granted that no, they're in the top 25. They're fighting all the way through it. Because they know that as long as they do their job, they'll probably be ranked above some of these other schools that are in other conferences. Yeah. Number six. Number 25, Michigan beats Northern Illinois 63-10 to and moves up to number 19. Who did Michigan beat the week before? It was... How did they get in the top 25? Let me find it. I think it was... Central something? They played a bigger team. Washington. Yeah. Washington Huskies. Yeah, Michigan's like... Always been there. But the big knock with Harbaugh is, can he beat Ohio State? And that's going to be the big thing this year. That'll be one of the games of the year. I'm calling it games of the year is like. I mean, it always is. Well, yeah, but this year it's like even. I don't know. I feel like it's bigger. It'd be the Michigan-Ohio State game. Uh, Ole Miss-Bama, Auburn-Bama. That'd be the three biggest games. Yeah, I mean, it's going to decide the. Big Ten. And Georgia, Florida. I'm right. I, n- I never have really liked Harbaugh, but this is, he has to, this story has to show that he can beat Ohio State. Yeah, and like, how long does, how long does Michigan stick with him? Like, he's been there forever. He signed a lifetime contract, but Michigan fans want to win, and if you don't win against the rival, then it don't really mean you're winning. Right. Number seven, Michigan's rival. Michigan State beats Miami 38-17 to and jumps into the top 25 at number 20. Pretty sure they jumped up to where Miami was. Miami yeah. fell out. Miami had way too much hype. Yeah, then they started like 11 or something. 15. Yeah. Number one, Alabama against, no, maybe it was 11. I think it was 11, and then Florida was 15, week one. It was number one, Alabama against number 11, Miami. Either way, it was way too high. But, I mean, Michigan, Michigan State, Michigan will be a good game. If Michigan State keeps climbing up the rankings. Yeah. I mean, right now it's, 19 and 20. Michigan's 19. Michigan State's 20. And then this crazy upset that a team that I was high on after they beat LSU. Fresno State upsets number 13 UCLA by a score of 40 to 37 and enters the top 25 at number 22. UCLA falls from 13 to 24. So, Fresno State is at 22. UCLA is now two stop, two spots behind them. Yeah, I wasn't going to stay up late enough to watch that game. I didn't watch it, but when I seen the score, I was shocked. Yeah. That's all, that, those crazy games like that always happen on the West Coast, and you wake up Sunday morning, you look at Twitter, and you're like, whoa. Yeah, now we're... 
Now we're going to get into two. I mean, there's not really much this week in college football. I mean, there's a few games, and we are, we're going to do the usual top 25 spreadsheet and make our picks. But I just picked two games that are big this week. And there's, an, I mean, do you want to talk Tennessee, Florida? Yeah. We can. I mean, we can, we can talk about that. Too. Might as well. Okay, the first game. This and this is I think this game should be a yearly thing. Last year they played at Lambeau. This year, number twelve Notre Dame versus number eighteen Arkansas number eighteen Wisconsin in Chicago at Soldier Field. Last year they played at Lambeau. This year they're playing at Soldier Field. This is cool. Yeah, I like that. It's like Notre Dame's going to have the the home crowd, obviously. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, you can give your opinion on the game while I look up the line. I want to figure out what the gambling line is. Yeah, I just... So Wisconsin's going up, and I feel like Notre Dame's going down. They've been going down since they started. Um I mean, Wisconsin lost to Penn State in week one, but they did put up a fight, put up a bigger fight than uh, most teams that they play. A bigger fight than Notre Dame has been putting up against their schedules. I don't really know where. I don't really know. I I would call Wisconsin, and, like, if I was going to pick somebody, and when we pick, I'm going to pick Wisconsin. Yeah, Notre Dame will have the home field, but I just don't think Notre Dame's there. So this is yesterday. So they're, they've changed, obviously. People bet, and it moves. Heading into their third game of the season, the Badgers are actually favorites over Notre Dame. Right now, the Badgers are five-and-a-half-point favorites, and I would expect Wisconsin to cover. Mm-hmm. If I picked it right now, <clears throat> I don't understand that line. I think they're seeing what you're seeing. Wisconsin's doing this. Yeah. Notre Dame's doing this. And even though Notre Dame's going to have the home field, Wisconsin's going to blow them out in this game. I feel like, honestly, I don't think Wisconsin's really going up. I just feel like they're just sort of hanging out, you know. It's, Notre Dame definitely is going down. But I feel like this game could could turn the tide, you know. Like they might just meet like right here, play the game, and then flip-flop and go the other ways. Notre Notre Dame's gonna have the home field. It's gonna be all over advertised all over TV, playing in the NFL stadium. This is Wisconsin's chance to like show we can play a big game. Yeah. And I, I think they'll blow Notre Dame out. Maybe not blow them out, but they're gonna I think they're gonna beat them pretty good. I'd say More, two touchdowns. Yeah. Like seventeen points. Uh, yeah, 14, 17 points. Next big game of the week. It's another uh, alternate site game. Uh, real tradition game. It's played every year. Be a good game. Number seven, Texas A&M versus number 16, Arkansas, in Arlington at AT&T Stadium. Jerry World. It'll be a good game. Taking Arkansas in that game. Me too. I think Arkansas's got it. No disrespect to A and M because they had a lot of hype coming into the end of this season, but 
Arkansas is on a roll right now, man. I don't think it's going to take a lot to stop them. Arkansas is playing with a lot of heart. Yeah. And I think one game like this, that that heart don't carry them as far as they want to, could really hurt their season. Mm-hmm. Like if they come up short in a big game like this, they're like, well, what are we doing wrong? Like it could really alter their season. But to add on to that, I think – like, if they come up short, it could really alter their season. But if they come up big, it could launch them, you know. Like, kind of out there. But if Ole Miss upsets Alabama, Arkansas only has to beat Ole Miss. I think it could launch Arkansas to Atlanta. Like, it, the stars would have to align. It would be crazy to happen. But I, it, it's possible. They win a big game like this on a big stage. I could see it. Uh, if a if A and M can pull it out, Calzada is going to have to show that he's a big time quarterback. Because mm-hmm. Haynes King Haynes King, even though he's a freshman and he started out rough with like three interceptions, him getting hurt really hurt them as a team. Mm-hmm. So like. They're going to have to prove that they can win against a big-time opponent without him. And, I mean, Arkansas is going to come in and hit them right in the mouth. I mean, this game means a lot for both teams, so the emotions are going to be high. And even, like, this game might as well be the Super Bowl for them. If I had to pick who's playing, if I had to go off previous performances, I'm going with Arkansas. If I have to go with coaching, I'm going with A&M. Mm-hmm. But Sam Pittman's really impressed me at Arkansas, too. Or he surprised me. But he's surrounding himself with really good assistance. So we'll see. It's a, it's a good game every year. Mm-hmm. And those, I mean, we can talk Tennessee, Florida, but those were the two that I thought were the biggest games of the week. Next week is when it gets real. When you get into SEC, not SEC, just SEC, but big time conference play as a whole across the whole league. So, I mean that next week is we'll have a lot. It'll be it should be a lopsided towards college next week on. As far as what we talk about, because conference play will really change things. But as far as Tennessee, Florida, Florida's coming off of a really, really hard fought loss to Bama. And they looked better than I thought. And this will. Do you want to get into my two points? Sure. And sort of talk about Tennessee and Florida as we go through this too because you can link them together. But my big question, and I think we can talk for a pretty good minute on this, is Florida better than we thought? Is Alabama worse than we thought? Is both true or is neither true? Hmm. Uh, it's a it's a hard question. 
I think Florida's better than we thought, but not as good as they looked against Alabama. And Bama's not bad, but they're not the old Alabama. This is like their first test. Their defense is not. And their defense is not an Alabama defense. So, and no Alabama team ever lets up like they did late in the game like that. They had a 21-point lead going into the half, or it was 21-3 to at one point. And they didn't, they scored 10 points from the first quarter to the end of the game. It was 21-3 to in the first quarter. Yeah. But. And it was, what, 21-10 to at halftime. The big takeaway, all I've heard not only in the first two weeks, but all off-season. This is not your grandpa's Florida team. This is not the Florida team that you know in the past where they have a really good defense. Well, they held Alabama to 91 yards rushing. Mm-hmm. So they're pretty good. I think Florida's defense is a lot better than we thought. I think Alabama's defense is a lot worse than we thought. Mm-hmm. I still, even after this game, do not trust Emory Jones. I don't know why. He, I just think, I mean, he was 18 for 28, 195 yards and an interception. Another another big thing that people don't realize is Alabama's got a whole bunch of five stars that they can put in. Like it's next man up, and it's the guy behind you is another five star just like you. Mm-hmm. But what that five star ranking don't get you is when you come in as a freshman, especially look at Bryce Young. I mean, how many how many starts has he had? When you come in as a five star freshman, you don't have experience playing on the road in the swamp I think that's the big thing with Alabama from year to year is getting those freshmen and those big time players to be prepared to go on the road yeah and this is like the I mean college football stadiums are a different breed too and nobody cares about neutral site games Alabama plays a neutral site game to start the year every year. And you can't even compare that to what they just went through Saturday. Because you have Alabama fans travel and the other team, like, the open the year, Alabama and Miami. Miami fans travel to that game just as good as Alabama fans travel to that game. It's a neutral site game. But this, I mean... You can't prepare. I hate Florida with every bone in my body. I hate them more than any college football team in college football. More than Alabama. But you can't prepare a freshman to go play in the swamp. Nope. I think that was a lot to do with it. Like Florida having home field advantage. And I don't care who you are, whether you're Florida or Florida A&M. You get up to play Alabama. Like, this was their Super Bowl. So, so saying that, I don't, I never say, like, 
we just said that I think Alabama's a little, as a whole, Alabama's worse than we thought. They're not worse. They're just not as good. No, they're not as good as we thought, but they're not bad. I mean, they're, they are the number one team in the nation. I don't think Florida's better than we thought. I just think they got up for this game. Yeah. Now, with that said, it's rivalry week. It's Florida week. How does Tennessee beat Florida? I has. I don't. I don't ever say that we were we were going to. I never pick us to win this game, because we've only beat them five times my whole life. True, but this year's Tennessee. It's like. I mean, you have to, if you, if you hope to win, you have. to to pray to God that they're coming off a high in this game. Like, you have to pray that this game took everything out of them. You have to pray that they're beating themselves up in practice this week, only thinking about that game and not thinking about you. I mean, they're not overlooking us. No, no, I'm not saying they're overlooking, but they're beating themselves up that they came that close. Because if they pull off that upset... That completely changes everything. People start going crazy and putting Florida above a lot of teams that they probably aren't actually above. They'd probably jump six spots, while Bama would probably drop two. Six oh. is probably a stretch, but you know what I mean. Like that whole that question you just asked with is Florida better than we thought would be so exaggerated if they would have pulled that upset off. And or. We have good running backs, but our running game is not steady. We will have Cooper Mays back. So our offensive line should be rearranged back to what it should be. We don't have to move people around. Past two weeks, we've had to move the whole offensive line around and shuffle it. So that'll be back to normal. Hopefully you can run the ball better, but they held Alabama to 91 yards. I'm not banking on them running the ball against Florida. Could it happen? Yeah. And we all know how our quarterback situation is. And it depends on who plays, but there ain't neither one of them been able to hit the deep ball. Every one of them's overthrew it. And, I mean, you're going to have to hit that deep ball a couple times, and you're going to have to have a couple turnovers go your way. And that's to even keep it close. I mean, they they may go down there and beat them. I don't know. Florida may come into this game just beat up and over it, like. But I doubt it. It's one game, and we could go down there and play with our hair on fire and look better than we have all year. But mm-hmm. has Tennessee ever done that? No. I don't know how to feel about the spread. Right now, it's Florida's 20, 20 point favorites. And I don't even know if there's that many points scored in the whole game. Really? See, that's my thing is I feel like our defense is good enough to slow them down. If we can get our offense going, we might be okay. We but might hold them within a touchdown if we're lucky. Their running game is crazy, though. And they got three. I don't got, feel like we've seen our defense's full potential. 
They got a three-headed monster at running back, so they're going to run the ball, and that's good. I don't... It's a hard game to talk about. It's hard. It's, it's a hard, hard game to talk about. No, You don't understand if you're not a Tennessee fan. Don't understand if you're not a Florida fan. It's one of those games where you don't expect... You don't expect something to happen, but if it does, then you just want to be surprised. Yeah, right. Like, I will never. I was I was at the game where we beat them last time, 2016. But other than that, we've last time we beat them in Gainesville was 2003. So, hey, miracles happen. happen every day. It don't happen often. But like I said, can they any given Saturday or any given Sunday anybody can be beat. Mm-hmm. So I'm not gonna roll it out, but do I think it'll happen? No. Do I think they'll cover? No. But we'll see. I could see it playing out like a few year a few years ago when it was like ten to seven. Nine to ten. We kicked three field goals because our offense couldn't do anything. They kicked a field goal early and we had a Six-point lead the whole game, and they scored a touchdown at the end. So, yeah, I mean, that's... And that's the thing with the Florida game, man. Just to get on that, that Tennessee fan side of me, we just it, it always turns out in their favor. Like, the craziest play happens in, like, the last five minutes of the game, and it ruins everything for us. But we can move on if you want to before we get too emotional. And before before we get on the NFL, um, I think if you think we can talk about it now, then we can. I think we should give it one more. Let's see who they play. They play NC State next. Clemson, another ACC game. I I think we should wait till after this game and see how they come out against NC State. But if you want to talk about it now, we can. Is Clemson on the downhill? Is it's another? It's like a too soon to call type of thing. That's why I said. Is what you hope. But what I feel is yes. I feel like Clemson finally ran out of that magic that they had whenever they were they had Deshaun and they had T Law and Higgins and they had you know championship teams. And now they're they're doing what we thought all these years that Alabama would do. Alabama's just always had depth. And I think they finally ran out of depth. They like figured them out. Yeah, something. Or other teams have figured out how to go up against them and recruiting. Yeah. Probably Georgia. Georgia's probably getting all their kids now. But I mean, but would that change if? Clemson came to the SEC. Yeah. I think they should, too. And Clemson fans will probably get pissed when he's saying this. I don't really care. I don't care what you're saying. Um, I call him DJ Ukulele. He quarterback. Deshaun Watson ain't walking through that door. He's Trevor gone. Lawrence, Trevor Lawrence ain't walking through that door. He's gone. You got a quarterback in a Dr. Pepper commercial, and he ain't playing worth crap. And you got coaches saying that he needs to lock down on fundamentals. 
not a good look. A little too late for that, huh? Yeah. I don't think they'll be in a playoff this year. No. That's why I posted the question on Twitter uh, a couple days ago talking about more than two SEC schools in the top four. What do you do? I mean, right here they have NC State, Boston College, Syracuse, Pittsburgh, Florida State, Louisville, UConn, Wake Forest, and South Carolina. Easy schedule. It is easy, but it is conference games. How many other teams are above them that's going to push them out? I could see them being like the first one out, number five. Mm -hmm. I don't even know. I could see them being lower. Because, I mean, you're going to have Oregon or Oklahoma going to push them out. Mm-hmm. You'll get two SEC schools in, Alabama and Georgia, and then Pac-12 and Big 12. Or Ohio State. I don't know. It's it's still too early to call. Or Michigan. Never know. Still too early to call. You just got to see how it's going to shake out. I mean, it's a lot. Everything's going to change. Mm-hmm. It's just week four. So... But yeah, I just wanted to. We'll we'll revisit that later on in the year. I mean, I think they are on the downhill. Are they there yet? No, but they're heading that way. They got they got trouble, and that Lynn Lynn J Dixon kid, their running back. We was we was his second team. He was choosing from. He uh, just announced this week he's transferring. He went in the transfer portal because evidently him he can't stay out of the doghouse with his running back coach. So they got drama, and like one of their best defensive players is out seven to eight weeks. So, but we can move on to NFL. All right, got a couple of headlines. Um, there's a lot of close games over the past week. Like half of the games or something were like. By a field goal or less. It's crazy. Um, anyways, we're just we're just going to get it out of the way. Jameis Winston, I said I would apologize to him. I don't know if I jinxed him. I don't know what happened. It might be too early to say. I hope it's too early to say. Same old Jameis. It, it, it was bad. 11 for 22, 111, two touchdowns. Wasn't a good look. How many interceptions? Huh? How many interceptions? Two. Yeah. He, I don't know, he was just staring down one side of the field. Me and you watched the game together. We talked about it. He stared down one side of the field the whole time. Whole game he was looking at. He would drop back and look at the left side of the field. And, I mean, there might be the off chance he stares down the right side of the field. But, either way, he's not going through his, his progressions. It's just an obvious fade spot. Yeah. It's, you know, coming coming off a beat down on the Packers is just obvious. I mean, it was it was obvious they weren't going to perform in that game. I called that like yeah. I t- like I told him, uh, like I told Logan Sunday. I don't if I do put money on games, I don't do it for my teams. 
But if I put money on that game, I'd have put my mortgage on the Panthers. That's just a that's that's a fade spot. You fade that. When they come off a big game like that, you fade it. I mean, it was pretty obvious what was going to happen. I didn't expect him to be that bad. No. I thought they'd at least put up a fight. You said they were you, – you've been saying that all week. I figured if that was the outcome, it wouldn't be that bad. Well, I figured it would just be the spread, three and a half. Yeah. I didn't think it, they would beat down us. Mm-mm. It was bad. Anyways, to get off the football subject – um, at least the game we got uh, about three hours ago. News broke that the Caesars Dome, Superdome, was on fire. Uh, New Orleans Fire Department said it was in the process of responding to the fire and was quickly able to tame the blaze. One person was taken to the hospital with minor injuries. A crew was power washing the roof in preparation of it being pa- painted. No cause has been determined at this time. Saints have been away from New Orleans since Hurricane Ida caused severe damage across the city. They're set to return for their New Orleans home opener in week four against the Giants. It's unclear at this time if the fire will impact those plans. So That was pretty scary. I was at uh, work when that broke. And I don't know how bad it was, but it looked pretty bad. But if they got it, they got it under control pretty quick, it shouldn't hopefully won't affect things for the you could you could see the you could see the guy on top of the roof yeah with the pressure washer trying to spray the fire but it sort of look sort of looked like to me maybe the pressure washer or the generator I'm, it's a multi-million dollar stadium I'm sure they don't have a generator but New Orleans has been without power for yeah weeks so I mean they could have turned the power back on and something went wrong possibly. So, yeah, I've seen it. It is like plummeting, like black mm-hmm. smoke, like crazy. Yeah, they'll get it fixed. They got they got money to fix it. Got some primetime games to talk about. Um, Thursday night recap: We got Washington football team versus New York Giants. Oh, uh, Taylor Heineke versus Daniel Jones. Both quarterbacks are trying to prove themselves and that they're worth something. Heineke's trying to prove that he deserves the starting spot. Daniel Jones is trying to show that he is a franchise quarterback and Giants shouldn't move on from him. But, uh, I feel like both quarterbacks performed good enough in that game to stay alive for now. But at the same time, I only feel like they looked, I feel like they looked good because they were playing who they were playing. If that makes sense. Like, I feel like if they were playing the Rams or the Buccaneers or any of the top dog teams right now, I feel like it wouldn't have been the same outcome. They'd have looked like clowns. But Taylor Heineke was 34 for 46, 336 yards, two touchdowns, one interception. Daniel Jones, 22 for 32, 249 yards, one touchdown. Both quarterbacks just proved that they're too young to compete. You know, I mean, they're in the, they're at the highest level of football right now, but they're not at peak performance. They're not going to compete in the playoffs. The pressure got to them, and the, the pressure got to both of them in the fourth quarter, and 
neither one of them could do anything. Like Heineke had the ball late. I think it was it might have been tied up or leaning one way. I don't remember how it ended. It was it was a week ago. But uh Heineke throws an interception or something, turns the ball over. Daniel Jones goes right back down the field and does the same thing. Heineke finally gets the ball back. I I think they kick a field goal to win that game. The Washington does, but it's just like both team both quarterbacks to end like freaked out and couldn't compete. Like couldn't close the game out. But I really wish that game would have been a Monday night game. To see Peyton and Eli break down young quarterbacks. See what they thought about it. I like Heineke. Yeah, I do too, but he's uh did he not start that playoff game? Were they about upset the Bucks last year? Pretty sure he did. He played in it. I don't know if he started. I liked him. I know it was the only criticism I heard after that game was it was it seemed like he had forgot that he could run. Yeah, he was. I don't know. Like I said, though, I I've feel never, like he looked that good because of the teams they were playing. And I've never liked Daniel Jones. I've never been impressed with him. Yeah. I did have money on him to uh, the player prop. Daniel Jones over 21 and a half rushing yards. That was his free money. He gets that in one play. He does. He, he can run. He broke out a couple that's of one, big runs. That's the one good thing about him. He can run, but I've never been. I think the Giants are just going through another phase where They'll have a new coach, and at the end of the year, they're going to have to decide if they want to draft another quarterback. I hope that's not the case. It's, uh hate seeing teams, any team like that. Man, they may end up a number one pick. They could. They're one of them teams that's in the them and Falcons. I don't know who else. Them. Falcons, Jets. There's a few teams that could get it, but yeah, we'll see. They, I mean, honestly, Daniel Jones, uh, Texans, Haneke, they could, they could get it turned around. But then we got Sunday night, Chiefs and Ravens. Great game, great game. Um, I think it's 35-36 final score. Lamar said in the press conference, he said it was great to finally shake that monkey off his back. And they haven't... Lamar's never beat Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. Never beat the Chiefs. Uh, the Ravens haven't beaten the Chiefs since 2012. But Lamar really looked like he evolved. He looked like a completely different guy. He looked more mature. Like, I don't know, you always hated on Lamar. Said he was a running back. And, I mean, most people do, but I don't know. He just looked really – he looked like a quarterback. I mean, he wasn't overrunning the ball. He he had that perfect balance. He took the runs when they came to him. But he didn't force anything like he normally does with all the jukes and the spins and the crazy stuff. Just like – Patient. Just patient, good football. And honestly, it looked like the Chiefs just weren't worried about him until it was too late and they were – uh, Chiefs never should have lost that game. No. But it looked like, early on, it looked like the Chiefs 
other than the honey badger, um, with his pick six and interceptions. The honey badger. Yeah, we we can get that in a second. But other than that, he, the Chiefs just didn't look uh, didn't look like they were too worried. And then they're like, oh god, okay, they're here. And it was too late, and the Ravens were in it. I feel like if they would have not acted like that and been more hot out of the gates, then they'd have been okay. Yeah, so we can talk about the honey badger if you want to, coming off COVID leave or COVID protocol. He had uh, two interceptions. One of them was a pick six in the first quarter. And I don't even know what the rest of his stats were after that. But he went crazy in his game back. He was like pretty close together too, those two interceptions. Yeah, I mean, they were both in the same pretty first quarter, I'm pretty sure. Back to back, pretty much. Um. One touchdown, that was the pick six. Uh, six tackles, two interceptions, 50 yards. Pretty good game. Yeah. That's just what he does. He he uh, He's really moved from a trash talker to a leader, I feel like, in a way. Like, he holds people accountable way more than... You would expect somebody like him who you would assume would be sort of all about himself and immature in a way. He's the leader of that defense. He is, yeah. Anyways, let's move on. Monday Night Football, Packers lines. Aaron Rodgers kind of trying to shut everybody up. Uh, Aaron Rodgers played great. Uh, Lions offense, who knows if they played great. Um, Packers defense couldn't stop them. Packers defense usually can't stop anybody. So I'll just let you take over. I was at I was at a high school game, so I didn't get to watch a lot of it. I watched second half, but they said everything I heard. They said the lines did look pretty good until it started raining, and that was the big deal coming out of the draft. All the complaints about Jared Goff saying he had small hands. And everybody said, well, that's not a big deal. But when it's a wet ball like that, you can't grip the ball. Mm-hmm. That was the, that's what everybody was saying. Why they had such a hard time after it got wet was he didn't have a lot of grip on the ball. My biggest takeaway from that game is, like, Packers aren't going to compete or be a contender unless they get this defense turned around. Aaron Rodgers can't do everything. Aaron Rodgers and the offense can't do everything by themselves. There was one. The Lions won the coin toss, I guess, because they knew the rain was coming or something. Um, they took the opening kick. Both offenses scored on each of their first three drives. Or first. We're two and a half drives in for each team. Lions had the ball, scored a touchdown. Packers got the ball, scored a touchdown. Lions got a touchdown. Packers got a touchdown. Lions kicked a field goal. This this takes you like midway or almost to the second quarter. Probably the second quarter. And everybody's hating on Rodgers because they were losing to the Lions, but the defense couldn't stop anybody, which was making Rodgers look bad. The way, the way I would explain it, and you said they're not contenders if they don't get the defense. It's not only that. 
and their best players on IR on the defense. But they shut down Devontae. Or try. I mean, they they pretty much did. Mm-hmm. I mean, they took him out. I mean, they didn't completely eliminate him, but they slowed him way down. And once they done that, Rodgers just starts throwing his little out-of-the-backfield routes to Jones. Mm-hmm. When the Packers play a team, and I would say like like this team would probably be like the Rams. Or any any team that has a shutdown corner and good linebackers, they, they need another receiver to step up. Because if you get a team that has a shutdown corner that shuts down Devontae, and then those linebackers shut down those out-of-the-backfield routes, who's going to step up? Like I had a bet last night, and I didn't even watch the game hardly. And it made me mad that it didn't happen because like everybody expected it. Like All the prop sites, everybody, all the articles I've seen. And I don't go in there and look for articles and just bet what they say because that's stupid. But everybody thought that Randall Cobb would get a touchdown last night. Mm-hmm. Like, put a little bit of money on any time touchdown score from Randall Cobb. And it didn't happen. Like, just, he needs another receiver to step up. Some Somehow. Because, I mean, Adams and Jones can't carry that whole team. Well, another team might. Might be what he's thinking. Yeah. But go, uh, him and Devontae go to a team that's got another good receiver. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, right. I mean, it was a good game. All right, let's predict the upcoming primetime showdowns. Uh, Thursday night, you got the Panthers versus Texans. Tyrod Taylor's out with a hamstring injury. We'll just do these really quick. Who you got? Panthers, Texans. Panthers. Panthers? Me too. Um, Trying to find the spread. I couldn't even tell you the spread on. Sunday night, you got Packers versus 49ers. You got that one. Packers at? Good day. <clears throat> so it's Carolina Panthers at the Texans. Panthers is an eight-point favorite. Yeah, I... Uh, yeah, I take the Panthers. Yeah, me too. And then it's... Packers at 49ers. Packers at 49ers. 49ers are minus three and a half. Three and a half point favorites. I would probably take... I'm taking Packers. I'm betting on Aaron Rodgers. I got faith that the 49ers offense is not enough. Hopefully they can, the defense can contain them. They got a lot more injuries too. Yeah, I, I got I got the Packers in that one. Yeah, I'll take the Packers too. Plus, got, plus three and a half, it's hard. I mean, Packers kick a field goal to win, even if... Even if the 49ers are good and the home field advantage, Packers should win and cover. Yeah. And then Monday night, you got Cowboys versus Eagles. At the Cowboys, 
Cowboys are four point favorites. Yeah, I'd I'd take that. I'd say Cowboys by like ten. Easy. No disrespect to Jalen Hurts. Uh yeah. Cowboys in that one. I agree. I know we want a little drama and try to disagree and make competition, but I agree with all all your picks. I just don't think the Eagles have enough. No. And they're just, I don't know. That Cowboys look good too. Dak's going to have a comeback year, I think. I'm betting on the Cowboys. I bet on the Cowboys last week. Betting on them this week. I'm betting on them until they give me a reason not to. I just got faith in them right now. I don't think they'll go too far, but I'm betting on them for now. Yeah. All right, we got a new segment. Um, trying to expose the fakes, figure out who's real, contenders or pretenders. We're going to take teams coming off a win and predict if they're legit. Uh, I'll go first. Well, let's just take go back and forth. My first one, Green Bay Packers. Uh, I think they're a contender if they get their defense sorted out. Like we talked about earlier, I'm not going to go into it again, but if they get their defense sorted out, Green Bay Packers, contender. You, give me, you want me to give a contender? You can give whatever you want. I just have a list, not they're random. Uh, Browns, my first contender. I just think have, the Browns are going to be good and they're going to make the playoffs, I think. But they're going to have to find, they're going to have to get Odell and Jarvis Landry back full health and find some balance. And in the run and pass, like, mm-hmm. they can't be too heavy on one side. Because, I mean, people are just going to go, if they if they lean on the run too much, they're just going to stop Chubb. And then they'll be screwed. I mean, that's the big thing with them is getting their weapons back. But they should be fine later on in the year when playoffs get here. Uh, uh, I got Tennessee Titans pretender. Um, no disrespect, but you can't go out there and do what you did against Arizona and then beat Seattle and expect me to let you off the hook. You can prove me wrong. I can change you from being a pretender to a contender. But just right now, you're a pretender. Sorry. think the Arizona game could have been a wake-up call. Could have been. And they could take that game and run with it. And Yeah. But, I mean, if that's what you're thinking and you're thinking that they didn't, like maybe they went into that thinking it was easy, they didn't sleep on any of their preseason games. They tried pretty hard in all their preseason games. So, not you can really judge anything by that, but I just, I don't know. Like I said, we'll see. I might change it. Depends on what they do. My first, I don't really know. They're coming off a win. I don't really know if you can call them a pretender because I don't really know if they were ever contenders. But they're hot right now, and that's the Raiders. I don't think the Raiders are serious. I like Waller. I like Jacobs. They got good players. I like their team. They're fun to watch. Mm-hmm. 
but I just don't think they have enough to carry them deep in the playoffs. I agree with that. Um, I don't know that. I mean, like you said, not that they were ever contenders, but I don't know. I'm going to keep my eye on them for sure. Uh, no, like I said, they're hot. So, I mean, if they can stay hot, then that's one thing, but I don't think they will. I got Baltimore Ravens coming in as a pretender. I don't think the I think the injuries are going to catch up to them eventually, and they just don't have it this year. I think they could do it next year and they could be a contender, but just not right now with all the injuries they got. I've got my my last contender is the Rams. I think I've said it. You've heard both of us say it. And previous episodes, I think just the addition of Stafford is monumental. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be playoff or bust for them. And that's very crazy to say, but it is. And it's like, they're going to no doubt make the playoffs. And they could very well make a Super Bowl with him. I'm just, I guess I'm excited to see. I mean, I'm excited for... Because I've always liked him. I'm excited for Stafford to finally be on a team that appreciates him. Now, like, I want to see how far Stafford and a team that appreciates him can go. Mm-hmm. But I think they're for real. They'll have a chance. I mean, they got. They'll, I mean, they'll have to prove themselves in bigger games, but I think they will. I mean, Stafford's always been performer. He'll, they'll right. do fun. I mean, they're playing the Bucks. Sunday. My next team here is uh, I got more pretenders than contenders. Austin stole one of mine with the Browns, so I wasn't going to say it, but uh, one of my pretenders, my last one, is the Cardinals. I, they just got some, like, the first year with Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs vibes. Like, maybe Kyler wins the MVP, but I don't think they got enough in them to make it to the Super Bowl. So, I'm just going to say they're a pretender. Hopefully, I'm wrong. I really do hope I'm wrong. But, right now, they're a pretender in my eyes. In my last pretender, it's sort of the same as the first one with the Raiders. Like, I don't know if they ever was contenders. I mean, they they are. I, I think they were no doubt going to make some kind of playoff, like at least a wild card. But I think the same way with the Ravens, I think the injuries will catch up with them. They got uh, a couple big receivers out. Um, Mostert's out, and that's the 49ers. I just don't. Yeah, they're going to have a quarterback competition. Once, I mean, I think it's competition. Same way with uh, Andy Dalton and Fields. I mean, mm-hmm. you got half the fan base wanting one, half the fan base wanting the other. And the team don't care what the fan base wants, but one little bad performance and it's going to change the attitude of the team. I just don't see the 49ers making it. I mean, I think they will make a wild card, but they can't go deep. All right. We got a new little, another new segment. Um, good little discussing point is uh, Road to the Super Bowl. I'm going to give some names of some teams and then me and Austin, mainly Austin, but you know, we're going to fire back at each other, see uh, 
what those teams need to do to make it to Super Bowl 56. First up, and we sort of already hit on some of these. I made these before. Um, we got the Green Bay Packers. What does Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers have to do to make it to the Super Bowl? I said it earlier, and you said something earlier, and I agree with I agree with your point, but I mean, like I said, their biggest. I think the Packers defense will always be fine, like fine. I mean, they're not. They may not be elite, but the Packers defense always will be good enough. But I think the more important important point is my point. And that's not me being any kind of way, but mm-hmm. um, I think somebody else is going to step up. I mean, whether it's – they're not going to get any trades in, but somebody's got to step up and say, hey, you can count on me. Yeah. Throw me the ball. Yeah, and like you said about Cobb, it's just yeah, – I feel like it's sort of been that way, you know? Is you you just cover up one of them? Well, for instance, we can go to Tampa Bay. Look at all their weapons. You cover up Mike Evans. You got, look at how many people you got to throw the ball to. And uh, I don't know. I forgot about Lazard too. And they got him too. Mm-hmm. It's just if you have other weapons besides Adams or besides Jones. The coaching staff has to utilize them. Like, if you notice, I mean, they're football coaches and they get paid millions of dollars, so they're going to adjust. But I think you have to work your offense around more players than just two players, three players, if you include Rodgers. But I mean, I'll, I'll never bet against Rodgers. They'll they'll go far. Yeah, I don't know if after after what I saw against the Lions, I don't think they are quite Super Bowl material, like I said earlier in the year. But I don't know. We'll see. Uh, then we got I'm trying to pick one because I don't want it to be the same stuff. Boring and boring and boring. Uh, Buccaneers. And I mean, I know you look at them, or most people are going to look at them and say, well, they, they're returning everybody. Do they need to do anything? But there's a, there's a lot stuck out. And that's the running game. Everywhere Tom's been, or most most years, um, Tom's won Super Bowls. It's been a great running game. And that's for everybody winning Super Bowls. Everybody says you, you're not going to win Super Bowls without an established, solid running game. That's just how football works. You don't have a running game, you don't have a passing game. So I feel like if they get that going really good, they'll be okay. And I think they could repeat. Everything else looks good. But I don't know if you have anything to say about that. Yeah, I agree with that, and I think – their defense has to stay elite too. Mm-hmm. Uh, other than that, though, should I mean they have a pretty good road ahead of them to get back to where they were. Yeah, that's true. 
they should be fine. I mean, as long as their defense was good to end of the end the year last year, like they really buckled down towards the end of the year, and that's what helped them make that playoff run. But as long as their defense can stay healthy, they'll be fine. All right, I'm gonna double down on this next one. Uh, I already hit. I had the the last three. I got I got the Browns, Ravens, Cardinals. I already hit on the Ravens. I want to put the Browns and the Cardinals together, and uh, they got to get better at uh, responding to adversity. Like late in the game, in both of their games this week, late in the game it just didn't go their way, and even in Week One, whenever the Browns played the Chiefs, uh, Baker Mayfield made some mistakes really late in the game that cost them. I mean, he threw an interception. On his, on the Browns' last offensive drive that ended the game for them, so I feel like if they, if the Browns figure that out and get their fourth down offense sorted out, and Cardinals the same way, I feel like they'll be all right. Both teams, both teams will be okay. Uh, as far as the Cardinals, they gotta be more consistent. Mm-hmm. I mean, they they gotta protect their quarterback. I'm looking right here. Against the Vikings, they allowed three sacks on Kyler. I mean, he is good at scrambling, but still. And they only had one sack. And we talked about, I mean, they they lit Tannehill up. I mean, I think with them, it's just, and with the Browns, it's consistency. And that was the big thing with the Browns, like uh, Clowney. When he was with the Titans, that was his big thing. Like, he never was consistent. And he looks better with the Browns so far. And then him and Miles Garrett together, they I mean, they look dangerous. But, I mean, you can look all yeah. you want to, but you yeah. got to do it there and do it. It's true. I mean, we talked very high on the Cardinals and how they handled their free agency in the offseason, but... You said how you look and how you act is two different things. Because, I mean, you got, it's pretty obvious. The Vikings watched the film and put a stop to Chandler Jones. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you're going to have teams, once you get film on tape, you got to figure out something else. Yeah. So, that's the big thing with them. Like, yeah, they get, the Cardinals are loaded and the Browns are loaded. But they're going to have to figure out how to be unique. But that's that's all of them. I mean, they be unique and be consistent. That's all I really know to say about that. All right. Our next two segments that we're bringing up, we did both of them last week. We got first one's winners and losers. We got the uh, – I'll go ahead and give all my winners and all my losers – well, I'll just give one. We'll go back and forth again. Uh, my first winner is the Baltimore Ravens. They got destroyed by the injury train, and uh, they still ended up pulling off Lamar Jackson's first win versus Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. Well, I guess they pulled off the Ravens' first win versus Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. They haven't beat them since 2012. Uh, on the big stage, uh, with the whole world watching, Lamar Jackson shut up his haters who said he couldn't be an effective quarterback in the NFL. 
Kind of struggled on that one. Are you wanting to do the funny and serious thing again? Oh, yeah. You can do whatever you want. That's why I can give all, all of mine like, down the, straight down the list. Okay. Because we're getting pretty far into it. Um, winners. Funny winners. Packers fans. Aaron Rodgers is still relevant. You don't have to worry about that. And he's not here to run your organization into the ground. You ain't got to worry about him throwing games just to get back at y'all. Just calm down. And the losers is whoever, who, whatever surgeon done Jameis Winston's LASIK surgery. Y'all need help. Bad help. But in all serious, my serious winners, Kyler Murray. Um, two stellar performances back-to-back. I mean, they just beat the Vikings by one point, but he had two really good games back-to-back. And in my opinion, right now, he's the front-runner for MVP. Two weeks in. And it's just two weeks in. Losers, the refs. Did you see the call, the Julio play? I watched a replay of it, but... And they took forever and said... They didn't have the right angles. And yeah. You're the NFL. I, you're the pros of all pros of football. You're the biggest stage of football. And you should have cameras at every possible angle. And they was talking about it on Pat's show, saying that SoFi Stadium has like thousands of cameras because they wanted to get out ahead of everybody else. There's no excuse that you should be missing calls in today's age of technology. So, be better. Yeah. We can go to in the pocket. Well, hang on. I want to give mine. To add on to that one, I had two more. I had two losers. And uh, sort of funny, I guess. I mean, it sort of sucks, to be honest. Chargers losing their open, home opener in their brand new stadium. In front of their fans for the first time to the Cowboys. Anyways, uh, my other loser was also the refs for a different version or a different reason is the taunting penalty. It's getting ridiculous. That's like stupid. you can't celebrate without it being a taunting penalty. You got people getting penalized for clapping their hands. Uh, There's a strip sack slash interception thing in the Bucks Falcons game and. They grabbed the ball off the ground or however. They, they they got the ball from Matt Ryan and was walking into the end zone backwards and they called a taunting penalty on it. Like, I think the big thing... They got to make some set rules of what's taunting. When they've stated that the big thing is it can't be directed towards the other team. But still, that's stupid. Yeah. Like, it's competition. If you're playing... Which obviously I never have, but I assume that if you're playing high level NFL football, you're going to be very competitive. Mm-hmm. And you want to trash talk. It's, it, should, it should be and is a part of the game. It shouldn't be stopped or took out of the game. Trash talk in football is just normal. Yeah. So, anyways. I agree. 
Moving on to the next segment that we, that we introduced last week. In the pocket. In the pocket, we pick who we thought were the best quarterbacks of the previous week and who we predict will be the best quarterbacks of the f- next week. Uh, we'll start out my prediction from last week. I said it would be Matthew Stafford versus the Colts. He had 19, he was 19 for 30, 278 yards, two touchdowns, one interception. Now, after all the games have been played, I've decided that my quarterback for this week is Tom Brady versus the Falcons. He's 24 for 36, 276 with five touchdowns. Now, next week, I'm thinking Kyler Murray versus the Jaguars. Can he go his third time a charm that he just falls off or? Does he do three in a row? Versus who? Jaguars. No, no, he won't have no problem. <laughs> Hope not. So I picked. Three for three. My my prediction last week was Russell Wilson against the Titans. And he did have a good game. He was 22 for 31, 343 yards and two touchdowns. And the Titans ultimately... Came back and won the game, but he still had a good game. Mm-hmm. And like you said, after all the games was played, I changed my pick. And you touched on it earlier. I've always threw off on him and said that he wasn't a quarterback and that he was a running back. But Lamar Jackson really proved me wrong. Um, he did have two interceptions, but he was solely – the reason why the Ravens won that game. Him running around and making plays with his feet. And he was, I mean, I got the stats. He threw two interceptions and don't even pay attention to the passing stats. I mean, they're there. 18 for 26, 239 yards, and one touchdown. But here's where the game was won. 16 rushes for 107 yards and two touchdowns. I mean, that's... Like I said, that's the sole reason they won the game. Mm-hmm. And he – I'm not saying that I love him and that I like, still like watching him because I don't – I would much rather see a balanced quarterback that can run and throw, and I don't think he's the best thrower. But he did prove me wrong that he's a really, really good athlete. So that was mine. And my next week – or this week prediction – mainly out of excitement, and I'm hoping that he can come out. and It's going to be tough. It's going to be real tough for the rookie's first start. Um, Andy Dalton's out. He's out. He's hurt. So Justin Fields is getting the reins. He has to play at the Browns. So it's going to be tough, but I'm excited to see if he can come out and prove people that he should have been the starter the whole time. Really a bad game for him to start in, man. Yeah, he's going to have Garrett and Clowney in his face all day. Yeah. But that's my pick for this week, and hopefully it happens. I mean, it'll probably end up, I'll probably end up changing it just like I did this time, but that's, I'm just excited to see how Fields does. Yeah, I mean... Like I said, it's just tough. Like, I feel like those first two games were just made for him to start in. It would have been so much easier for him to start in. Yeah, getting a rhythm. Yeah. Because I feel like the Browns is a first challenge. 
And now you got to go into a hostile environment. Yeah. Yeah. But I think that covered everything I got. Yeah, I'm pretty much. That's pretty much it for me too. Um, I just want to apologize for if any of this seemed clunky. I forgot my notes. I made all of my notes like 45 minutes before we started. So I'm proud of myself. I hope you are too. We got um, one, two, three, four, five, five segments now. So should be set in stone from here on out. We shouldn't have any roadblocks or now that we know our segments, it should go pretty smooth and we'll start to we'll start sticking to a consistent order and all that so still though if there's any ideas you got yeah. or anything you didn't like any of the segments comment sections are made for a reason I'll comments, be reading them. twitter dms email should be able to find that anywhere and even if you don't we appreciate you listening on whether you're listening on the podcast at work or whether you're watching on YouTube right now, we appreciate you watching, listening, and as always, make sure you hit that like, comment, subscribe, and we will see you next time. Me and Logan, we're out. See, see you guys you. later.